Come, bro. Well, hopefully you guys are excited. You know, it's uh, let's go, bro. We have a challenge before us, and we made it happen with Zoom, right? It's almost like we knew what to do exactly. You know, we we have been trained by the by the COVID nineteen on how to uh, work together uh, via Zoom. So, uh, guys, thank you so much for uh, like Jay said, being flexible. Uh, for being part of uh, an incredible church that makes things happen. Uh, you know, special thanks to uh, Jack and uh, the holders for doing a great message uh, with communion contribution. Great job, guys. Great to see uh, the family back here in town with the holders. Yeah. Thank you so much for the message inspiring us. And Jack, you know, I, I definitely uh, feel a readiness of heart uh, when it comes to Qatar. You know, uh, it's almost like a, a Jesus thing when he says, let us rise, here comes my betrayer. Let us go, here I come, you know. So Jack, thank you so much and a great job for uh, your message. Um, well, for those who don't know me, my name is Victor Montano and uh, I, me and my wife serve along, um, we, we serve the Living Water region. So uh, thank you so much for letting us speak, or let me speak here, Jay. So. Uh, please be opening your Bibles to Revelation chapter 2. And the title of the sermon is Remember Your First Love. Remember Your First Love. Now, before I move into the sermon here, I do want to, you know, uh, talk about the wedding. The wedding was amazing. All the way from uh, the entrance of the brothers, you know, Chandel opening up those doors and coming in, and, you know, uh, as soon as the brothers were done, I was like, well, I want more. There, there's more. You know, and then the sisters came in and finished the job. It, it was amazing. It was a glorious day uh, just for uh, Malik and Alexis. Uh, Alexis looked beautiful, you know, radiant. And Malik, you know, pretty sharp. You know, I thought he was going to start crying. You know, I think he hold it to, he kept it together, you know. There were some tears that came down, but... Uh, uh, that was amazing just to see uh, the pure dating in the kingdom. You know, and just to see that the first kiss, the moment that uh, everybody's waiting when Jay announces, you know, you may kiss the bride. And uh, they went in, you know, they went in. Let's not talk about that. But uh, it, it was great just to see uh, a pure dating relationship uh, finally getting married. You know, uh, and that's just amazing stuff that we we see in the kingdom. Uh, the kingdom is amazing. You know, uh, but let, since we're talking about weddings and, and love and everything, I thought, well, let's talk about first love. Uh, and let, let's let's go there right now. I'm sure about all of us, not all of us, but the majority of us remember our first love. OK, and or at least your high school sweetheart. OK. Now, we all had that experience of the first love in the world, okay? Uh, you know, I don't know if you remember the, the butterflies in the stomach, okay? Where, like, you, felt, you thought you were, you were in love, okay? Uh, and uh, you feel the butterflies, the, the excitement of the relationship, right? The joy, okay, there was a lot there. The holding hands for the first time, you know? Uh, I'm sure I'm not alone in all this, right? Are you guys with me? With you, bro. Not all alone. Right. Absolutely. Let's go, bro. Let's go, bro. Come on. The holding hands for the first time. You know, when I started dating Marlene in the kingdom, I wanted to hold her hand. Okay, the first day. 
Just, I mean, the next day after she said yes, you know what she said? She said, no. I was like, excuse me? You know, obviously we wanted to, in the kingdom, you move slowly. It's lower than the, in, the, in the world. So just, you know, being mindful of all that. But in the world, you just hold hands and you walk around holding hands and you look all cute and everything. And then, you know, the, you have the, the, the first time you tell, you tell somebody, I love you. And they say, I love you more. And then you say, I love you more. No, I love you more. And then I don't know if you guys remember being so cheesy. We're like, all right, I need to hang up. Oh, you hang up. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. You know, that type of thing. Or you may have the flower and you start pulling the petals off. She loves me. She does not love me and, and all that. It, it was just it was one of those moments where like, it was super cheesy, you know, top experience, you know, because it was your first love. And, uh, you know, we all thought that I was, that was love. We all thought that uh, this is true love. I'm going to marry this woman or this man. This is amazing, you know. Uh, but sometimes that relationship didn't work out, Okay. Now, if you remember your first love of your sweetheart, of your, uh, your first love in high school, I'm sure you also remember the pain of losing that love, okay? We all probably are familiar with the experience of, uh, for the first time, losing, you getting your heart broken, you know? It hurt, okay? There was, there was pain, there was, there was uh, anger, okay? There was sadness, there was bitterness, you know, and then there was a, uh, you felt, even you probably felt lonely, okay? You know, uh, today, only 2% of Americans married their first love. Only 2% of Americans married their first love. That means that 98% of those people who had a first love or their uh, sweet, uh, you know, their love in high school, they're probably looking back like, what was that? What happened? I thought that was love. And it wasn't. It was, uh, uh, it was a passion, right? Now, I'm not saying that all the experience with first love in, in the world, they were bad. That's not what I'm saying. We all learn from it, okay? Now, whether we like it or not, our first love or relationships before God or relationships in the world shape the way we see relationships with the good, the bad, and the ugly, okay? I'm sure all of us, you know, we, we, we had to be retrained when it came to our first love. And, you know, I remember when I first got hurt, okay, when I got my heart broken, I didn't, I didn't realize that people can hurt somebody so bad. That happened. Uh, the world teaches us to put, put, uh, put walls, okay, not to trust others, okay? I'd rather be the one hurting, I mean, the one hurting the one, than uh, being the one that is being hurt, okay? Sometimes we just, you know, we, we, we close ourselves because we have been hurt by many other people. And, you know, in reality, the reality is that uh, me and you were not created to be somebody's first love. Okay? Me and you were not created to be somebody's first love. That was God's place. We were created to have a relationship with God. Therefore, God is our first love. It shouldn't have been our first love right from the get-go. Right? But, obviously, we had different plans of our own. And we go and adventure. And we hurt ourselves. Now, why am I talking about first love? We're gonna we're gonna go into Revelation chapter chapter two, verse one. 
Revelation chapter 2, verse 1. It says, To the angel of the church in Ephesus writes, These are the words of, the, of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven gold lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you're can, you cannot tolerate wicked men, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardship for, the, for my name. And have not grown weary, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. Remember the high from which you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstands from, your, from its place. But you have this in, in your favor. You have hated the practice of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has ears, had an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give him the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. You know, it's interesting uh, and very scary scripture here. Now, you know, there, there's a lot that we can learn from this church, okay, on how to keep your first love. And we can also learn what not to do, okay? Now, but we're going to talk about the, 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 the good deeds that, that this church has first, okay? Now, we learned that this church had a, uh, there were some good deeds. And that's how the scripture starts. It says that this church had, had, uh, was working hard for the Lord. Okay, that's great. Okay, you always got to work hard for the Lord. And it talks about that this church had a lot of perseverance. Okay, now perseverance is being steadfast. Okay, in other words, this church from the naked eye was a rock solid church. Okay. Rock solid church from the naked eye. That means that this church also, in the church in Ephesus, went the extra mile to persevere, uh, to preserve the, the doctrinal purity. In other words, they knew the gospel. They knew, they knew how to defend it. Okay? They even challenged, uh, they even challenged false apostles, right? And they, they proved them wrong. They knew the scriptures. They knew how to defend the name of God, the name of Jesus. They had a backbone for the truth. Okay. There's a quote by Charles Spurgeon. It says, if a man is clever, he may preach the vilest lie that was vomited from the mouth of hell, and he will go down with some. Isn't it crazy that uh, if we don't have a backbone for the truth, we'll become like garbage trucks. That anyone that puts anything outside will take it. And we need to understand that if you want to keep your first love, we need to love the truth. We need to be passionate about the truth. We need to have a backbone for the truth. What is the truth? The scriptures. In verse 3, we talked, the Bible says that this church had hardships, like any other church. And it says that they did not grow weary. That means, again, the steadfastness, they were solid. Even, they, even with the challenges they were facing, they still work hard for the Lord. They didn't grow weary. Now, these are some great qualities, great character uh, qualities that we should be imitating if you want to keep your first love. We need to be steadfast. We need to preserve the purity of our doctrine, the Bible, the scriptures. And we need to love the truth even when it hurts. We need to imitate this. 
But then the Bible, if you keep reading, it says, yet I hold this against you. Now, what, wait, what's happening? We were doing so great. And then you hear, yet I hold this against you. Or nevertheless, in the King James Version. What's going on? That's a great question. We're going to find out. Point number one, BC bodies. Point number one, BC bodies. Come on, Victor. Now, those words that we hear, yet I hold this against you, are, to, for me, I believe they're a reality check. And hopefully you take some time to have a reality check that you can really test where you are at a higher level with God. Okay? Now, we have to understand that this scripture, for us today, we got to take it to heart. The Bible says that Jesus came to them and said, I have a bone to pick with you. All the good that we just talked about earlier does not cancel the bad that I'm about to describe. All the good that they talked about, that Jesus talked about, does not cancel the bad that he's about to describe. Now, this is huge. It says you have forsaken your first love. You have abandoned your first love. Now, if you think about, uh, for, this is not by accident, okay? The, when, uh, when the Bible says forsaken, that means it was intentional. When you lose something, it's by accident. For example, you misplace your car keys. You don't know where they are. You just go crazy trying to find the car keys because you need to get to work, okay? You lose them, you misplace them. It was by accident. But the Bible says here that it, it was forsaken. It was abandoned. That means it was intentional. In other words, you grab the car keys, you went to Lake Michigan and throw them out. And you run the opposite direction. And you know where to find them. Because you know exactly where you throw them out. You have abandoned your first love. That's what the Bible says. They knew exactly where to find it. It was very intentional. Now, this is, was a very serious problem. Why? Because without love, everything is in vain. Without love, everything doesn't make sense. But what type of love are we talking about here? Is it the love of God or the love of people? Was well, both. You can't really love God without loving his people. They lost their, they're forsaken their first love. They stopped loving God and therefore stopped loving the church. How does this happen to a church that from the naked eye, it looks amazing? It was a cranking, sold out church. So what happened? What went wrong for them? You know, I believe that this church, these brothers and sisters, they exchanged the glory of the relationship with God for the glory of the works. They exchanged the glory of the relationship with God for something else. They found security in their works rather than their relationship with God. They stopped taking care of their own relationship with God. They were amazing at, defu uh, at ref uh, refuting false doctrine. They were amazing at perseverance. They were amazing at working hard, but yet they stopped working on their own heart. They exchanged the relationship with God for the works. And how damaging is this? Well, let me tell you something. You know, my dad, I didn't really know my dad until I came to America. So for the first 10 years of my life, 
I knew my dad was, a, you know, paid the bills, came to visit once a year for a month or two. You know, I had food, I had clothes, I had everything I need, okay? And, you know, from time to time, he'll show up, uh, you know, to, to, to be responsible. And, but most of the time, he will be away. Now, I have no complaints. My dad worked hard. He put clothes on my back, shoes on my feet, food in the refrigerator. That was amazing. But yet, I did not know my dad. I didn't have a relationship with him. And that's how damaging it is when we are focused on what we have to do and we forget about our hearts and our relationship with God. We got to do the work. Don't get me wrong. We got to work hard. But working hard should never replace your relationship with God. Come on. That, that's just bottom line sin. That go, the good that you're doing does not, is not going to cancel the bad that you're doing as well. Now, go with me to Matthew 7. This is great, bro. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. Let's Come go. on, bro. Verse 21. Famous passage here. Let me get some water. Preach Come the word, bro. Come on, bro. bro. Seven twenty-one. It says, "Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only who, only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven." Many will come to many will come to say, on on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evil doers. You know, in the church in Ephesus, they were already disciples. They were already Christians. They have forgotten. Their, they're forsaken their first love. And this scripture, you know what? The problem was that uh, this man did not have a relationship with Jesus. They were doing all these miracles and everything. They had the miracles down, but they forgotten the miracle worker. Now, for us in the church, we, we have to work hard. We have to be part of miracles. We have to engage in the kingdom. We have to, you know, be part of the ministry of the body. But we cannot forget the miracle worker. We need to work in our relationship with God daily if we want to keep our first love. You know, if you think about it, that church right now, this church here in Milwaukee has been very busy. You know, I don't know if you've seen it. We had events, you know, uh, every week we have something. It's a great thing to have events. It's a great thing to have the fellowship. We had wedding, we two weddings so far. We have a conference in, in January. We had uh, there's a walkathon that is coming in May, and then we have a plethora of birthdays in the month of April. A lot has been going on, and that's okay. Nothing is there's nothing wrong with being busy. The question is, are you busy with Jesus? You know, sometimes, here, here's the thing, bottom line, sometimes what happens when we get too busy, we start minimizing or we start uh, squeezing the time out of our, our time with God. Sometimes we can go and exchange our quiet times for the fellowship. I mean, I love the fellowship. I love my church. You know, that wedding was amazing. But I hope that nobody skipped their quiet time for the wedding. 
I hope that they had a, an amazing time with God before they came in. And maybe they couldn't do it in the morning, but I hope that they at least pray and read their Bible yesterday. Because that's what's going to keep the fellowship going. If you want to keep an amazing, pure fellowship like yesterday, you got to keep your first love. Come on, bro. We can go and be in Bible studies, which is amazing. That's what we called to do. Matthew 28, go make disciples. And yet, we don't have intimacy with God. Bro, this is awesome. We can go and refute false doctrine because we know the scriptures. And yet we forget to pray. Giving contribution will not cancel you not having quiet times. If you give contribution, but you're not connected with God, your contribution is just a guilt offering. You know, sometimes we forget to have our quiet times uh, or we're just too busy and we squeeze them out and we just want to go do some good because we feel guilty because we just skip a quiet time. Or even talking to God, it's, it's almost like you're trying to balance. Okay, I screw up here, but I'm trying to do this good over here. It, it, we, and we constantly keep robbing God. We rob him of our time. We rob him of our, our intimacy. We rob him in our prayer. We rob him in reading our Bible. Why is God the first one to go when we are busy? Why is it? Have you asked yourself, why is God the first one to go when we get busy? And it's very sad. Imagine you were the first one to go when, when uh, we get busy. How would you feel? Imagine my household gets busy and the first one that goes is me. I would not be happy. What do you mean? It's all about everybody else but me. What, what happened? Am I going to get some time here? Being busy without Jesus is a sickness of the spirit. Being busy Without Jesus, is a sickness of the spirit. Why? Because without love, everything is in vain. Go with me to 1 Corinthians 13. Wow, this come on. awesome, Victor. Come on, bro. 1 Corinthians 13. Come on, bro. Keep going. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. Verse 1. It says, and now I will show you the most excellent way. If I speak in tongues of men and, and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging symbol. If I have the gift of the prophecy and can fathom all the mysteries and all the knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give, give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Sovereign, this, this is a powerful scripture, but it's also reality check. Because without love, everything is in vain. You know, church, I want to commend you. I really do. You're, you're very generous. Super generous, church. Time and time again, you can talk to any of the leaders. Time and time again, you have blow our minds with your with your generosity. You're a hardworking church. You are. You're a joyful church, as you saw yesterday. I don't know if you guys saw everybody, you know, they with their dance moves. Uh, Devante is always taking the floor. Kenny is always taking the floor. It's almost like Kenny comes alive. And then you put some music and he's going and going in. Okay. 
nobody has to, you know, tell him go dance. He's gonna be there, right? You know, and then you saw Bronx also too throwing some of uh, his moves, okay, and other sisters. You know, I I know people can go that low and the wobble wobble. You know, I can go, I can't go, I can't go past this. Okay, my back starts hurting or something. You know, but that was a joyful moment. That was some powerful visual aid of what the kingdom is like. This is amazing. This church is amazing. I love you guys a lot. You guys are servants. You know, I don't know if you noticed, but every time there's a wedding for the rest of the members is work. But I believe it's servitude. We work hard to even to put the weddings together. Like, you know, Jay mentioned the Russells. And you talk about those who had the decorations, those who had to do the cleanup, those who had to those who had to serve in the in the wedding. When it comes to like being the wedding party, uh, serving the food, take care of the kids, there's so many things that go into having an amazing cranking wedding, just like we had yesterday. Okay, and I'm sure a lot of you guys are probably tired. You're like, glad that's over. You know, you guys are you guys are hard workers. You serve with all of your heart. You're talented. I don't know if you guys saw on the website, uh, Nicole put a picture of JB performing in the AMS in New York City. That's your brother in New York performing. Talented people. We are oozing with talent. You guys are bold, George. And like I said, I love you guys. And I want to commend you for that. It is an amazing part. It is amazing to be part of this church. But family, I also want to give you an admonishment. I pray that you haven't been a busybody. Because we have been, being, we have been busy. We have a lot to go on. And that's okay. It is okay. But I pray that you haven't forgotten Jesus. I pray that you haven't forsaken your first love. For the sake of the fellowship. I pray that you haven't forsaken your first love for the sake of serving. I pray that you haven't forsaken your first love for the sake of going into a Bible study. All those works are amazing. Everything's amazing. But guess what? What gets you to heaven is a relationship with God. That's what's really going to get you to heaven. Come on, bro. Keep working hard, but work with Jesus' heart. Keep sharing your faith, but take Jesus with you. Bring, bring glory to God with your relationship with him. And then go do the work. That's what it's all about. If you don't want to miss, if you don't want to forsake your first love, you got to take care of your heart first and then go do the work. Now, sometimes I believe that uh, Satan throws a curveball like what happened today. It's okay. We just manage. You figure it out. But don't let, you don't let Satan squeeze God out of you. Your relationship with God is precious. And hopefully you see it like this. So bring glory to God with your relationship with Jesus. On your quiet times, praying, sharing your faith. Make sure you read the scriptures and get deeper in the scriptures every day. Don't forget about the miracle worker. Because he will continue to make miracles. You just got to make sure you stay in touch with the spirit. Amen. Point number two here. Remember and repent. Help us out. Help us out. Come on, bro. Now, let's say 
you know, you have some areas, in, some areas in your walk today that you probably, you realize I've been forsaking Jesus. Let's say they're taking inventory to your heart. What is it? What is, what is the area that you feel like you have been squeezing God out of your life? Maybe it's your quiet times. They went from one hour to like half an hour, 20 minutes, five minutes. I don't know. Maybe it's your heart. You're bitter. You haven't forgiven. There's some sin in your life that, that you haven't repent of. Let's say you're struggling right now, right? What do we do? Well, the first step, let's go back to uh, Revelation chapter two. Come on, bro. Come on, Victor. Come on, Revelation, Revelation Come on. 2, verse 4. Help us, bro. It says, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. Remember the highs from which you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. Okay, so first step is you got to remember. You got to remember and do the things you did at first. Now, it says, remember the high which you have fallen from. Remember where you used to be in love with God. When you were joyful, you were fired up about doing the Lord's will in your prayer, during your quiet times, and outside your quiet times. Remember how courageous you were when you were in fire before God. Remember the good days. Okay? Now, here's the thing. A lot of times when you ask a disciple who's struggling, or even today, somebody may ask you, when was the last time you were, like, on top of the world when it comes to God? Like, high top experience. Ask yourself that. When was the last time you were all in? Fire up. Everything is great because you love God. You were joyful. You were, you're happy. You were, you're sharing your faith. You're in studies. You were sold out. You're willing to go anywhere, do anything, and give up everything. When was the last time? You know, one of the things that I really is sad when you ask the disciple, when was the last time this, this was you? And they usually say, well, after my baptism. After my baptism. You know, I feel sorry for those who the highlight of the work with God was just the baptism day. Why? You know, baptism is an amazing day. You receive salvation, receive for the forgiveness of your sins, the Holy Spirit. That is amazing. And I'm not taking away from that. But if you haven't grown past that, that means that your love has not matured. If that was the last time that you felt that you were in touch with God and fire up, I feel sorry for you. Because your growth, in your, your love stayed the same. If I love my wife the way I loved her when, I, when we, were, when we for, first started dating, we wouldn't be married today. I'll tell you that. If I love my wife or my kids the way I did it five, four years ago, it wouldn't work. That means that there's a constantly growth in your relationship with God. You have to mature. You know, when you, it's kind of like when you're, you first became a disciple, you're fired up, you're excited, everything's awesome, everything's great. That's a young, passionate love. 
But if you don't take that passion and that, 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 that moment that you have and make it grow and make it more mature, guess what? The challenges of life will take you out because it hasn't grown. You haven't grown roots in your love. You're still very, very immature in young love. You have to mature your love. You have to get rooted in the scripture. You have to get rooted in your love with God and take it to a new height. You know, our high is supposed to be every day. Our high with God should be today or yesterday. It can't be two years ago, a month ago. Why not today? Why not yesterday? If you haven't, if you haven't, if you don't remember the highs that you have, which you have fallen, that means it has been a long time. And it can be. Your best day spiritually should be today. Why not today? Distractions, sin. But that cannot happen in a relationship with God. But you got to remember. Amen. Let's say it has been a while. But you got to remember. Go with me to Luke 15. How does remember? Right, bro. Let's go. Come on, bro. Luke 15. Come on, bro. Awesome stuff. Keep going, Victor. Luke 15, verse 17. Now you know the passage of the, the, the prodigal son. We're talking about remember. Okay. You know, one of the things I do, church, and I encourage you guys to do, in my Bible, the J uh, gave me after I, I got baptized, maybe some, a year later, <laughs> I write all the miracles that God has done in my life, all the way from my baptism, all the way from my kids being born, all the way from my the first person I baptized. I even have that I did the first wedding here, okay, you know. I came out of stuff in New York, got back on stuff in New York. I said being born, you know, speak at a conference for the first time in Dubai. ICCM, graduating ICCM. And the last one in February, they asked us to leave Louisville, the church planting in Louisville. Okay. And why do I do this? Because if I forget this, I will forget and I will forsake God. Because God has done tremendous amount of things in my life. And I'm encouraging, you, I'm, encouraging you, I'm encouraging you to write down what God has done for your life. Because you will forget. But you have to constantly remember the high that God has taken you. Where he took you from the world in darkness. And has brought you into a new high of his light. But go with me to Luke 15. I was there, but I, I got excited and I lost the page, so. <laughs> come on bro look uh 15 verse 17 it says when he came to his senses this is the the prodigal son when he came to his senses he said how many of my father's higher men have food to spare and here i am starving to death i will set out and go back to my father and say to him father i have sinned against heaven and against you i am no longer worthy to be called your son make me like one of your higher men so we so he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. 
remember. You know, what happened to the prodigal son? He screwed up big time. He, for, he had forsaken his father. But what happened? He remembered. He remembered that high he had fallen. He came to his senses. You know, I, when I, I read the passage in, in Revelation, when it's God says, remember. To me, it's, uh, it's one of those things that God is literally going the extra mile for us to remember what he has done for us. If you think about it, he may be saying, remember when you used to read your Bible every day? Remember when you, we used to pray to me every day and you were passionate about your prayers? Remember we used to take walks together and you would talk to people about me? Remember that. Remember the fellowship that me and you share and with others as well. Remember me being there when you used to cry. Please remember me. Please remember the joy that me and you share at one point. Please come back to me. I am your father. I am the protector, the provider, the redeemer, but I am your father. Remember me. It's almost like a plea for us to come back to him. He's pleading with us. He's reasoning with us. Remember me. Please come back. So what I ask you today, have you been remembering the Lord? You know, remembering the Lord is not just doing communion. Okay, that's not it. Remembering the Lord, remembering the cross is every day. Remembering the cross and Jesus' sacrifice cannot just be once a week. And if that's what you're doing, you need to repent. Because Jesus died for you so you can have a daily relationship with him. So you can remember him daily, not just once a week. Remember him. Did you remember him today? Did you remember him to, have, to talk to him before you came to church? You may be thinking, woof, we didn't have church at 10. Now I can, I can have my quiet time. Now I can go pray because I have an extra hour. You know, I'm grateful they canceled the service in, in person. Did you have your quiet time today? Did you remember the cross today? And let's say after you come to your senses, you remember how good God is to, to you and to me. Then the Bible says that we got to repent. Now, repentance is, is a command. Repentance is not a suggestion for you to feel sorry. Okay. Repentance is a command. It's not a suggestion for you to feel anything but to change direction. Repentance is a command for you to change your attitude. Okay? Repentance is a command for you to change and leave your life behind. It has nothing to do with feelings. It's an action. That's repentance. To change your attitude and your conduct. It's not about how you feel, whether you want to repent or not. It's no there. repent. You know, when's the last time you use the word repent on somebody who is not repenting? 
And sometimes we we get we get caught up like, well, they are changing. Well, they they repent or they have not repent. Well, they're in the process. There's no there's no repenting. There's only repentance or no repentance. I know that some people can have they have a hard time changing. And if it's an issue of faith, let's get them there. Let's 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 give them some faith. But if you have somebody in your life who hasn't repent, they're in danger because if there's there's sin, they, they, what what are the chances they're going to wake up tomorrow? Their blood is on your hands. We need to use the word repent a lot more. Is somebody's soul? You know, this past week we had hard times. We had a, I had a hard talk with three brothers, and finally I said to one of the brothers, "What is wrong with you?" You need to repent. This is not acceptable. You're a son of God. Come you on. Need to care more. And he repented. We need to really embrace repentance in our lives. You got to call yourself to repent. You can't just wing yourself out of sin. If I tell my wife, hey, I'm repenting I, with this adultery thing. You know, but I'll get there. Give me some chance. Give me a month or two. You know what she's going to say? Nuh-uh. You repent now. But yet sometimes when somebody has a bitter heart or they have unforgiveness or maybe they're not sharing their faith or maybe they're not having quiet times, we don't call them to repent. They just need to flat out repent. It is a command. Not to feel anything. It's a change of direction. Is there salvation? You know, I want to lift up uh, Tay. Tay, and uh, he talked about this in, in, in Bible talk. Obviously, he got baptized in the summer last year. And then we had the class first principles that Marbell and Alexis were leading at the time before they, uh, they were snatched to Seattle. And uh, Marbell did this, the um, discipleship study. Okay. And Obviously, Tay was uh, Tayari was part of that class, and he said, "Bro, and after the study, I said, hey, how did it went with the first principles class, with the discipleship study?'" And he said, "I just need to repent. I have not shared my faith with my family. I have not been active. I have not. I have. I literally became lukewarm. And that day, he wasn't share his faith with his mom again. His dad and his sister. He gets his sisters to study. I mean, she doesn't make it. But you know who makes it? Kian gets baptized. Out of that repentance, he went back and said, I'm going to share my faith with my brother. He repented. And God produced a miracle through his repentance. It had nothing to do with how he felt. He knew, I just need to repent. Action. What, what is the action? Share his faith. And boom, here comes Kian. And we love Kian. Kian is amazing. But that's the byproduct of the repentance that, that, uh, that Tay had and then God working through that repentance. If you look at your life and you feel like God is not working in my life. Now, God is always working. But if you feel like that, maybe it has to do what? With repentance. Have you repented? Not about repenting. Have you repented? If you haven't, then you will not be able to enjoy the fellowship. You will not be able to enjoy a great relationship with God. In verse 21, let's go there. 
in Luke 15, verse 21. We're coming, we're coming here for, uh, for landing here, guys. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. It says, the son said to him, his father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quickly, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring, put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and now is alive again. He, he was lost and he is found. So they began to celebrate. You know, that, that's just an amazing celebration. But he was prompt because of the repentance. He came to his senses. He remembered. Came to his senses. He realized, man, I had it good with my dad. I had it good with God. What am I doing here? You know, the empire of about all those people that came back, like London, Max, Dan Trout, he said, what am I doing with my life? I need to repent and come back to the kingdom. And here we have Dantrell, Max, London, people who came back to their senses and they remember there is a church that is preaching the truth. Let me go back to it. And God used that repentance to bring salvation. Now, we all want to enjoy God's compassion. We all want God to, to throw himself on top of us and give us a kiss. We all want to enjoy the celebration, the joy. We all want that. We want the fellowship with God. But true, the truth is that without repentance, we will not be able to enjoy it. Without true repentance, we will not be able to enjoy We will not be able to see God's compassion that he has for us. Without true repentance, we will not be able to enjoy the fellowship in the kingdom. Without repentance, we can't enjoy the celebration. We can't truly enjoy the celebration. And here's the thing. We all can show up to church and have a great time. And we all can fool each other. But you can't fool God. God sees the heart of man. If you're visiting today with us via Zoom, hey man, praise the Lord for that. And if you you have if you don't know if you have lost your first love or you or maybe you feel like I don't have a first love with God, I need help. We can help through the scriptures, through God. Finding your first love is essential. Allow God to embrace you with his infinite love. Because without love, everything is in vain. So I want to leave you with, with, uh, with a challenge here, church. What area of your walk with God have you forsaken him? Identify the area in your life where you are not prioritizing Jesus. Identify the area and come out with the repentance plan. And turn around. 180. You are living a life of sin and now you're turning around. Opposite direction. And let's help somebody find the true love in Jesus. I love you guys. Enjoy your rest of the day. Come on, Victor. Great Let's job, go. bro. Yeah. 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 Yeah.